It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and uh, Brady, on a Wednesday. Tell you what, we got rained out on Monday, and there was not a ton of action yesterday. But what we saw was kind of worth it. Yeah, if if we're going to sit out in 30-degree weather, 15-mile-per-hour winds, well, you, I at least had a booth, um, I would like to see what we saw. Like, that made it worth it. At least we saw something that was worth sitting out in that weather for. Don't be fooled by the scores of my doubleheader. Those games were tight, um, and obviously you saw – Josh Kasner doing his thing again, and so, yeah, if you're tired of the hype already, you, you might want to switch off for segment one because <laughs> Brady's going to tell us how good Josh Kasner is again, okay? And this time he did it against Richmond, so he th- this guy's the real deal. Yes, he is. He is absolutely electrifying. I've said it before. I've said it again. Um, if you are just a baseball fan, go go. Figure out what day Josh Kasner's pitching and go watch him. Go find a nice day and you will get to see. And if you're a pitcher that has aspirations of making a big a big time, if you're a freshman, if you're an eighth grader, if you want to see what a legit D1 arm looks like, go see him because that will tell you right there what level you need to be at if you want to be a big-time recruiter or a big-time player. All right, big-time matchups. Algonac and Richmond going to dominate the show today, and we'll get it started in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello. 
This is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. And we start in the world of uh, baseball where there was a very light uh, schedule yesterday because of the way the weather has been early in the week. But Algonac and Richmond were getting game one of uh, their BWAC uh, series in. And obviously, you know, North Branch has emerged on our radar, but we kind of came into the season thinking these are the two top dogs and this is a huge series. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, we had it circled from when we made the schedule, and for for good reason. Algonac is becoming not just a trendy team in our area, but in the entire state. Like they cut you, You're the preseason number one. Um, everywhere you look, it's either them or Detroit, Edison, one or two. Curiously enough, Bad Axe is number three in a lot of polls that I've looked at. So... Uh, but anyway, Algonac is coming in against Richmond, and Richmond is really, I mean, they're always a solid. They're the traditional program that even if they're not great, they're still going to win a lot more than they lose, even on their down years. So Algonac comes in, and I wasn't sure who I was going to see because Josh Kasner had pitched on Wednesday. I think if this game was Monday, they might not have thrown him on, what, five days rest? But the, I think the extra day may have flipped it. I don't know. But I'm going to guess that's why. And I was very lucky to see it. So Josh Kasner, often no-hitter against Armada. First batter of the game, Trey Taylor comes up. First pitch, fastball, barrels it up. Missile, right at Ty Schultz, knocks him on his backside at second <laughs> base. But a loud out number one. And you're going, okay. Richmond can hit a fastball. Last year in districts, they showed they could hit fastball when Turner went in. They were able to, they can square up 90 some miles an hour. And yep, that was about it for Richmond. Um, but again, like Hunter Filber at Armada, I thought Skyler Lowers did a really good job on the mound. Through three innings, he had given up just two hits, hadn't walked anyone, and it's a scoreless game. Richmond hadn't had a base runner to that point, but you're it's, it's you're keeping it close. In the top of the fourth, Algonac pushed across a couple runs. In the way Algonac does, Kasner walked, moved up. Uh, Brandon Williams had a single. Cal Molesky drove in a run. An error moved uh, the runners up to second and third, and then a balk was called that brought in the runner from third to make it 2 nothing. But a ground out and a strikeout. Skyler Lowers got out of the inning. Now... If you're pl- facing maybe any other pitcher in the area, you're going, all right, it's only 2 nothing, but it's Josh Kasner on the mound, and you're going, oh, God, we have to find a way to scrounge out two runs. Well, in the fifth, uh, Rich, bottom of the fifth, it's still 2 nothing. Richmond is being perfect game. Second batter, a ground ball to the left side of the infield, a slow one. 
Uh, shortstop comes up to play. It puts the glove down just too late. It rolls under the glove, and you get a base runner on. He moves up to second, and all of a sudden you're going, okay, we can get this guy home, and we can make it 2-1. to one. You got a chance because you can find a way to scrounge a run together. You, you, you draw a rare walk. He accidentally hits a guy, a drop third strike, something you can try to bunt on. Making it two to one, and you feel like you're just within striking distance. Back to back strikeouts works out of the stretch for the first time. Bang, bang, Josh Kasner strikeouts. Of course it was. Why not? <laughs> and then the top of the sixth happened. And Skyler Lowers, you could tell early in the season, didn't quite have the, the stamina on the arm. And he gets pulled in the sixth after he walks a runner, uh, gives up a single, a sack bunt, an RBI single, and a walk. So the bases are loaded. Charlie Hitzelberger has to come into the game in an unenviable situation. And Algonac singles, draws a walk that with the bases loaded to bring in a run, a strikeout, a, a two-RBI double from Caleb Thomas, a two-RBI single from Josh Kasner, a couple more hits including an RBI single, and it's 10 to nothing after just a half inning after Richmond had a runner in scoring position and a chance to make this interesting. Algonac goes up 10 to nothing and with the no-hitter still intact, I think on seven pitches if I'm not mistaken, flied out, strike out, ground out, no hitter, second time in a row, 21st time in MHSA history that someone's thrown back-to-back no hitters. Wow. And a lot of them happened before, and the th- uh, not all 21, but most of them seem to have come in very small schools. Like there was, well, we can talk about it in a second, but there were th- six times that someone's thrown three consecutive, and outside of one, the schools are as tiny as you can get. Yeah. What, the, there was a kid from Utica? Yeah, that was in the 50s or something. Anyway, yeah. so Algonac... Which Utica was a small school in the 50s. It was a small area. Not only did Algonac uh, no-hit Richmond, which I don't know the last time Richmond got no-hit, they mercy Richmond at home and kind of make a big statement that maybe Algonac is just at a table of their own in the BWAC. Now, Richmond will get a chance to bounce back and they'll get a chance to face not a Josh Kasner on the mound and we'll see what they do. But I was not expecting a mercy from either side in no matter who pitched for both sides or what happened. Yeah. I, it was close for a while, but there was a little leak in the dam, and Algonac just burst through it, and you blinked, and it was ten to nothing. Yeah, that was the thing. Like when when I'm I'm doing my game, and I see your tweet that it's a no hitter for Kasner. Okay, yeah. I don't flinch. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, Kasner no hitter, synonymous with each other. But then I see ten nothing, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, like what's going on there? Like I, I'm thinking I'm going to see like. Three nothing or right two nothing or even one nothing. But when I saw it was ten, I'm like, wow, that surprised. Yeah, and I just think that the the way Algonac does things and it's the little things they do really well. It seems like they always take a quality at bat. I've only seen I've seen them play three times already. I don't know if I've seen an at bat from any Muskrat yet this year, 
and I'm sure Coach Thaler would disagree, but at least from what I've seen, where they chase a first pitch and weakly tap it to the third baseman, or they pop up in foul ground after just two pitches. Even when they make quiet outs, it seems like they they work the count, and that's what happened with Lowers. His pitch count was racked up, and he just ran out of juice, but when he was on the mound... Pitched very well. Yeah. There was nothing. If I'm Skyler Lowers, I know the the game the um, line after the game isn't great because he they left three runners on, so he ends up having six earned runs instead of just the two he won into that inning with. But there's something to work with there with Lowers. Again, he was I believe he was the guy in the district game that came in and settled everything down and really steadied the ship for them uh, on the game against St. Clair and against Algonac for five innings. Pitched as close to toe-to-toe with Josh Kasner as you can get. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting old. My memory not as good for recent things. But he pitched against Liggett last year when I saw that doubleheader, and he did a good job um, in, in the, the, the game that was close. It was close because Lowers pitched really well. Right. So, Richmond, uh, I want to know the report when you see them today against Algonac because that will tell us a lot about what I think Richmond is. I think it's, I don't want to say obvious, but I think it is obvious. They've taken a step back from last year because they did have loads of talent last year. Well, you can't lose a Davenport and a Hitzelberger and a Perinello and what, Saligan. And, yeah. I mean, those are really good players. And I also think Algonac just returned so much that they got better and – Algonac is a very scary team. Now, the sign of an elite team is you just beat Richmond 10 to nothing, a team that's for a long time been your been everyone's Achilles heel in the BWAC. It's been their conference. Go go out and do it again. Go out, bounce back and take care of business again at your own ballpark. You went and cuz you know they're going to be motivated. You know they're going to be locked in. Take care of business and really make a statement. Well, if Algonac shuts out Richmond again and they win the game, say five to nothing, yeah, Algonac's at a table of their own. Again, North Branch, they can prove what they need to do when their series comes. But if Algonac keeps doing this, yeah, they're it's either them or Edison in D three right now. And yeah, uh, and until I see what goes on today, I'm not ready to stick a fork in Richmond. No, <laughs> no, by no means. You know, like- but. It could be Richmond's still a good team and Algonac's just an elite team. Yeah. That well, that's a real well, possibility. Well, definitely we know Kasner is elite. So You know, I, I was just thinking about this. We it has been the year of just dominant players. Like in basketball, we had Tyler Jameson. In, in football, we had Hazen Leader that just felt like every game went off for something stupid. Yeah. And now in baseball we have Josh Kasner, and we'll talk about softball later, but it's. I, I felt a little bad when uh, Thaler gave me the lineup card and Kasner was pitching. So I was like, "Oh, I thought Dennis was going to get to see yeah, him." Well, I mean, hey, the, the the guys that I've seen pitch the two times that I've seen Algonac this year, Simpson threw a one hitter at Armada, and it was uh, a combined. I, I think it was a. They had. I know they had fifteen strikeouts that day. Right. He might have walked somebody, but uh, the Thomason and, and I forget who else pitched in that game were lights out. Right. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know who you'll see tonight. If it'll be Simpson, if it will be good pitching. If it'll be him, if it'll be Thomas Thomason. I mean, Algonac has plenty of of arms in the pen that they can use. Taylor's got some options, but as we mentioned, Josh Kasner threw back to back no hitters. Only twenty other times in history has that happened in the history of the MHSAA. Only six times has it happened. Three consecutive games and next week not to put pressure on the kid early but they take on Yale next week in BWAC play I'm going to assume that's when they'll get their his next start okay just for the record I've oh, seen yeah. them twice and I haven't seen Kasner and they've thrown two one hitters <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> so by the way um right now Josh Kasner season stats through what two three weeks he has thrown uh let me pull this up 22 innings one hit not one run one hit hit. obviously no runs allowed he is at i believe 41 strikeouts and three walks i want to know who had the hit because they got to be walking around with their chest out Uh, at school um (laughs) i believe it was again i got a hit on josh kasner what'd you do hold on let 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 me look i believe it was in the saint Clair game um it let me pull that was what the first game i did um i believe or was it not in the saint Clair game he went four no he threw four no hit innings against saint Clair, so it was not he did walk three, the bum. So, <laughs> so those are probably the only three he's walked all year. Where did I have to look up where he gave up the hit? But I mentioned again the six, uh, th- three consecutive no hitters. Here's who who's done it: Mickey Schwartzkopf for Utica, nineteen fifty two. So I don't, I don't know it, it, how big Utica was back then. In fifty two, it was a new city, <laughs> right? <laughs> like. It's a lot yeah. of farmland out that way. Oh, yeah. It was before Hall Road was even a thought of a thought. Yeah. Uh, Gary Wilkinsinski for Hamtramck St. Laudislaus in 1964. And in 1964, that was probably a big school down in the uh, Detroit area. Probably because that was a time when Hamtramck was like the center of baseball in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So you could tell me St. Laudislaus had 2,000 kids. You could tell me it had 40 kids. I'd believe you. But it probably closed 20 years before I was born. Yes. Um, it was probably closed before I was born. <laughs> right. Uh, the next one, Robert Nowatney did it for Carsonville. Not Carsonville, Port Sanilac. Just Carsonville. This is Carsonville, and I believe I was able to track down. It said he did it against Peck, Kingston, and North Huron. So at least three schools that exist, because when I saw he did it for Carsonville, I went, great. He did it against Seaboing High School, Owen <laughs> High School, and, High and School. yeah, and Elkton. But no, he did it against three schools that at least still exist. Then it didn't happen for 40 years. Nate Wernett did it for Morley Stanwood, and then Ryan Hopp did it for Morley Stanwood the next year in 03 and 04. Wow. And the a last, good pitching coach. Apparently. But Morley Stanwood... Dennis, you've been covering high school sports for 30 years. You had no idea. You told me it's on the west side of the state. It's south of Big Rapids. Yeah. And if Dennis doesn't know where a place is in Michigan. Never heard of it. He, 
I'll throw out a school and be like, oh, yeah, that's 40 miles west of Iron Mountain or something. <laughs> and sure, whatever. Um, so when Dennis doesn't know where it is, that's how you know it's a small town. And Ryan Orr did it for Bath in 2013. And you discovered that there's more than one Ryan Orr. Yeah, there's, yeah that, was, that was weird. <laughs> um, but that play baseball. But Kasner will go on the MHSA record book. So that's now two consecutive weeks that an Algonac pitcher has entered into the MHSA records. Yeah, and we'll get to Ken Abomarito in our right, next uh, Because segment. it's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, it's almost like you're going to see how many consecutive innings he can go without giving up a hit. And the thing is, it would have been back-to-back perfect games if it wasn't for an error in the sixth and seventh innings yeah. or the fifth and seventh innings. It's almost unfair. You know? <laughs> like he hasn't walked anyone in BWAC play. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to break down what, what makes Kasner so hard to hit again because I did it. His sliders he starts pitching guys backwards. His fat, and then you get used to the slider and the curveball, and then bang, 92 mile per hour fastball coming at your your letters. And oh, all right, walking back to the dugout, and you can't be patient because then you'll be behind 0 and 2, and now you're guessing. Well, that's that's the the thing, and it's this uh, with Ken Abomarito. And I think with Kasner, uh, too, the number of outs they get, like on strikeouts, without actually throwing a strike. Well, here's, again, Josh Kasner struck out nine, right? So that's, that's he's a strikeout pitcher. And in six innings, he threw 68 pitches. 51 were strikes. It's every game like that. He's just pounding the strike zone, but I mean, when he the the out pitch, mm-hmm. the the swing and miss pitches, and you can't take them because they look like they're coming, and then all of a sudden it dives off the table or it rises uh, well, up. There was or, probably four batters for Richmond that did the old check swing. Oh no, I need to hold yeah. up, and now I'm turned around, and I'm just like, all right. So I'm he back get, because it's a swing and a miss, he gets a strike for that, but it's not necessarily a pitch that he threw right in the zone, and on purpose he didn't throw it in the zone. He just commands everything. The slider he throws is so nasty off the fastball. And you can tell when he's starting to rock them to sleep. And then fastball down the middle. You're not catching up to it. So it's it's just a, a ridiculous um, run he's on right now. Again, picked a good time to start doing this because he is quickly getting into rarefied air of some of those pitchers. I don't remember a pitcher in this area that's had this type of you got to see him hype about him since Joel Seddon. Yeah. And he was the, what, Gatorade player of the year and went and pitched at South Carolina. Yeah. So, so uh, game two of this series is uh, today in Algonac, uh, and I'll be there, and I'm going to be very interested to see Richmond's response. Yes. I think this will tell us a lot about this Blue Devil team, where they're at, because. Yeah, how do you bounce back from getting no hit and, frankly, a little embarrassed on your own field? How do you handle this is – if you want to win the BWAC, this is a must-win game because if you lose this as Richmond, even if you sweep the rest of the way, you're hoping Algonac drops two games. And the way it's going right now is if Kasner, knock on wood, pray to God, stays healthy and is pitching it one game against every other team – probably automatically writing a win in for one of those games against every other team in the BWAC for Algonac. Yeah. Speaking of no-hitters, um, Frazier got one. Yeah. But against, they gave up a run. Yeah, against PH. 
Um, and the only other baseball game being played. So that's how many no hitters we've been in two weeks. We had what four I mean, on the one it, show, wasn't it five. We, we had last the four, week? and then Kasner added the fifth. We had Kasner to yesterday, and we had PH got no hit. So that's seven no hitters. We've and teams we've covered either good or bad, and technically. Eight because Yale no hit someone New Haven, yeah. but it was a three inning game, so it doesn't technically count. Yeah. So, but the the big Reds actually, Amari Holler got on with a walk, yep. and then got around the bases and yeah. scored on a wild pitch. I think it was walked, moved up on a pickoff error, stole third, wild pitch went home, and that was it. They went up one nothing, and then Frazier scored three runs in each of the next four innings to win twelve to one. Yeah, and thirteen strikeout performance by their pitcher in that one, and that was it. That was baseball yesterday. Yeah that that was it. Uh, we, maybe in the third segment we'll talk about um, talk about the weather because it was um, not ideal, and you are still thawing out. Oh, I was I was cold. After those two games. And again, the temperature, according to my computer, it was 45 degrees out. The it real feel felt was like, like minus 20. eight. <laughs> like it was in the 20s with the wind chill. That wind would not stop blowing. But we'll, we'll talk about the doubleheader I saw between Algonac and uh, Richmond. And uh, the Marine City Bats weren't cold yesterday either in their game. And we'll get to all that in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Matches King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. So, hope you're not sick of hearing about Alkanak and Richmond. Yeah, because they're... Sorry, they're really good at the, at the stick and ball games. Yeah, so uh, doubleheader yesterday. Uh, last year, they split these games early in the, uh, the season. Boy, I would have liked to have seen these games played last week in the good weather. I know. But... I know, or just... I, I understand that the, the bylaws say you have to move it to whenever, but, man, tomorrow's going to be so beautiful. <laughs> it's supposed to be 75. It's supposed to be 75, Dennis, not 35. But we got a uh, Katie Shoeboy kenna Bomarito matchup, and uh, I, was, I was very excited about this because I really went into it not sure what exactly I was going to see. I knew I was going to see something good. I just didn't know what. I didn't know which team between these two teams was the better team. And I just figured probably see a split here. Well, um, that's that's the safe option. Yeah. So, game one. Shoeboy in the top of the first gets Kenna Bomarito to hit one off the end of the bat. She rolled it up the first baseline, easy out to the first baseman. Next hitter, J.C. Reams, routine ground ball to second, two down. Ella Stevenson comes up. She gets into her kitchen. Um, it's too low to be a pop-up, too high to be called a line drive. Kind of an in-between little yeah, flare out to short that Piper Clark runs in and makes the catch. And it's a 1-2-3 inning with no solid contact with two of the best hitters in the area. Maybe the two best hitters in the area. I don't know. Uh, I'd probably throw Piper Clark into the mix, too, the way she's gone this season. I think season. you might get a text from your friend in Almont. Yeah, I, well, I haven't seen Elmont yet this year, but I know they've got good hitters. All right, so we go to the bottom of the first. Kenna Bomarito strikes out Emmy Hildreth. Then she strikes out Julia Rancilio, but the ball pops out of the catcher's glove. Rancilio's quick. She scoots down the line, and she's safe at first. So strikeout, pass ball. Wild pitch gets her to second. Piper Clark draws a walk. Ashley Stafford. Jumps on the first pitch, Bomarito throws to her and rifles one up the left center field gap to the fence. It's a double. It scores a run, puts runners at second and uh, third now with still only one out in the inning. Liz Shoeboy hits a ground ball to short. Now, Ella Stevenson had to make a backhand grab, but she made it, and she had time to make the play at first. Bounced the throw over, and DeLang couldn't dig it out. Everybody's safe. Another runs in, and now all of a sudden, it's 2 nothing Richmond. They've got them at the corners, and you're like, ooh, Richmond's got Bomarito on the ropes here in the first right. inning. They better get her because you know how it is. You get a good pitcher, 
Usually it's early and then they settle in. Well, right. And the other thing is going into this, at least when we were talking off the air doing our thing working yesterday, it was we're not concerned about Richmond's pitching and defense holding up. It's do they have the sticks to get to Bomarito? Could they push across three, four runs? Yeah. So they're up to nothing. First and uh, third, uh, Shoeboy ends up stealing second, so now it's second and third. But what does Bomarino do? Strike out Reinhardt, strike out Bambrick. Two nothing. Second inning, Shoeboy strikes out Vossler, strikes out Thaler, strikes out Morgan Reams. Richmond goes down one, two, three in their half of the second. Third inning, Shoeboy strikes out Murray, gets Grace on a comebacker, strikes out Boyd. So nine up, nine down. Through that Algonac order, that might be the only time we say that this year. Yeah. Seriously. That might be the only time we say that this year. Bottom of the third, after Rancelio strikes out, Piper Clark, line drive, right center field over the fence for a home run, and she smacked it like it makes a different noise yep. off some kids' bats. It makes a different noise off Piper's bat. 3 nothing now well, and for she, Richmond. She loves the new ballpark. Oh, she she has had, uh, and I've, I've been at the four games, so by my scorekeeping, and I'm a pretty fair scorekeeper, 16 plate appearances, she's been on base 15 times. Yeah, in the BWAC play. Because I think the, <laughs> the Romeo series was at Richmond too, but still, in BWAC play at the yeah. new ballpark, on base 15 of 16 times. And that was the second home run I've seen her hit. Basically, at this point, you might as well. It makes more sense just to walk her intentionally, no matter the situation. I'm, I'm, you know, on. I've said that on broadcast. It's like I would not throw her a strike right now. I'd take the next hitter is a good hitter, right? But I'd rather take my chance. I'd rather have Stafford beat me than know that Piper Clark's going to hit a line and it's drive not somewhere. Disrespect to Stafford. It's the ultimate respect to Piper Clark. Yes. So now it's three nothing Richmond. But what does Bomarito do? The rest of the game, she gives up one hit, one single, and that's the only base runner. And in the meantime, she strikes out nine hitters because after retiring the first 12 hitters of the game, because Shoeboy gets him in the top of the fourth, got Bomberito to pop up to short, got a strikeout of Reams, and got Stevenson to hit a high fly ball. And in the wind yesterday, that a high fly ball didn't carry out of the ballpark, but a high fly ball to very shallow left, um, and and it was another easy inning. But in the uh, top of the fifth, with a perfect game going, Sierra Vossler ran into one. It hit off the bottom of the fence on the fly, and it actually snuck through for a ground rule double. So runner at second. Thaler sacrifices the runner over to third. Morgan Reams hits a sacrifice fly to left field. It caught about a step in front of the warning track. More than deep enough to score Vossler, and that makes it a three to one ball game. And Algonac's on the board. And again, other than the Vossler hit, they weren't making solid contact against Shoeboy yet. But with one out in the sixth, Kenna Bomarito ran into one out to right center field a mile over the fence. And now it's a three to talk about making a noise off of a bat. So now it's a three to two ball game. We head to the seventh, top of the seventh. First batter is Thaler. She flies out to left. Second batter, Morgan Reams, strikes out. Shoeboy's 10th strikeout of the game. Ava Murray is the batter. She's uh, the, one of the catchers this year for uh, Algonac. And 
She had a great at-bat, but she had two strikes on her, and she worked it back, got it to a full count, fouled off some pitches, and eventually drew a walk. And that was the only walk that Shoeboy gave up in the uh, game. Madison Grace, the next hitter, hit one up the left center field gap. It hung in the air for a while. I thought the center fielder was going to get over there and get it, but it got down, skipped to the fence, and uh, Dewicki was running for Murray. She came all the way around to score a game-tying double out of nowhere. Remember how that semifinal game went for Algonac last year where, you know, Bomarito was cruising? Shoeboy kind of cruising here and out of nowhere with two outs, one strike away from taking game one of the uh, the doubleheader. You get the walk. Madison Grace gets a double. Next batter, Tory Boyd, bloops a single into the outfield, and all of a sudden, it's 4-3 to three Algonac. Right, after it looked like Richmond, could I say steals game one? Maybe. Well, it just looked like they're they're in control the whole game, and, right. and out of nowhere at the end, Algonac turns it on. They go up 4-3, and at this point, you're like, well, Bob Marito's facing the bottom third of the lineup, and she's locked in now. She's been locked in since the fourth inning. Right. And it's strikeout, 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 ball game. She ends up with 16 strikeouts in game one. Her pitching line, seven innings pitched, only one earned run of the three. Three hits, one walk, 16 strikeouts. She had a home run at the uh, plate. And uh, Algonac wins 4-3. to three. And Shoeboy retired the first 12 hitters of the game, ends up going seven, giving up four runs on six hits. She only walked one, but it was in the seventh, and it was the tying run, uh, and she had uh, 10 strikeouts. So, uh, again, two great pitchers. <laughs> I thought they both pitched pretty well. Uh, but in the end, that Algonac lineup finds a way to figure it out and get hits. Um, and and this was a good ball game. So, again, you go, oh, Algonac swept Richmond. Their way. Richmond was a strike away from winning this game. Right. Then you get into game two. Richmond scores right off the uh, the bat. Lauren Telto leads off with a single. They uh, sacrifice her over. There was a wild pitch. She's at third. Piper Clark hit one off the uh, end of the bat. Uh, a dying line drive that I actually thought Thaler was going to catch, but the, the ball sunk so fast. She reached out the, the glove, and the ball like sunk a foot in front of her and went past her for like a very weak single. That that's the weakest hit Piper Clark will get all year, <laughs> and she and gets she gets an RBI you you single, and it's one to nothing. It. Yeah, uh, but Algonac came right back. They got helped out by uh, an error. Uh, and then an RBI single by uh, Vossler, so it's one-to-one after one. And then Algonac scored three in the uh, third off uh, Piper Clark. Uh, They just kind of singled her to death, and Richmond threw the ball around uh, on one play, uh, allowing uh, a run to score and setting up um, some more opportunities. So it's four-to-one Algonac, and it stays that way until the sixth. Kind of Bomarito's pitching again. She's cruising. She's got 14 strikeouts going going into this. I, I actually said if she strikes out the side in the last two innings, she's going to have a 20-strikeout game. Right. And I kind of, at that point, I'm kind of feeling like that's what she's going to do. Um, but uh, with one out in the uh, the sixth, Clark gets a single on a bunt. Great play. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last person in the world you think is going to be bunting for a hit. Right. And perfectly done. 
She's aboard. Uh, Ashley Stafford then ripped a single up the middle, and Algonac threw the ball around, and a run scores, and a runner gets to third. So now you've got one out. It's four to two. They've got a runner at uh, third. Liz Shoeboy's at the plate. You're just she puts the ball in place somewhere. This is a one-run game, and then anything can happen. Mm-hmm. She put the ball in play all right. Right. Over the center field scoreboard. <laughs> and she's one that you, you said that they were hoping that would emerge as a power hitter. Yeah, uh, and that's that's the second one I've seen her hit, and she had one uh, in that tournament over the weekend. So she's hit at least three this year now. Um, and all of a sudden, it's 4-4. Four to four, And Richmond is doing in game two – what Algonac did in game one. Right. They are flipping the script. Yeah. And and, and you're like, man, th- this has been an amazing two games. Like, I'm not minding at this point that the game's tied and that there might be extra innings right. or anything like that because it's freezing out. But because I'm just, it's so much fun to see these two teams have this tug of war in this double header. But Algonac got the last punch in because in the bottom of the, uh, the sixth, um, Autumn Dewicki, who I've only seen come to bat twice, she's hit a triple both times. <laughs> With two strikes Efficiency. on her, she lines one down the right field line. So think about this. She's been sitting there on the bench freezing for 13 innings mm-hmm. and gets off the bench, quickly falls behind 0-2 against Piper Clark, who's throwing darts, and lines one down the right field line and she gets around the bases, right? And she she dove head first into third for the dramatics. Hmm. She could have walked into third base. Um, and actually, I thought at one point they might try to for the inside to park home run. But leading leading off the inning, they stopped her at third. Um, Clark struck out the uh, next uh, hitter, but Tori Boyd. And this is an interesting one. And I told you about this uh, earlier. Richmond played the corners in, but they kept second and short back deep, and they traded the out for the run. And I thought in the bottom of the sixth in a 4-4 game yeah, against the I, number nine hitter, I would have liked to played the infield in and, and gone for the out at the plate. And, like, I understand you've got Bomarito coming up and you're, you, you don't want a big point, inning. You but, can't think about the future. You have to take into that bat at a time and have the pieces fall where they may. If it's the bottom of the third, yeah, trade the out for the run and say, all right, we got some some chances. But yeah, I, I mean, my I, my only thought is is because they had scored the three runs in the top of the inning. Did they feel like Bomarito was out of gas I and they could know. get to her? In but the my seventh? thought would be, holy crap, we got to her. We've made it a four four game. We need to do everything we can to keep it a four four game. So, and Boyd hit a ground ball to short and got the run in. So now there's two outs and nobody on, and it's five to four for Algonac. But Algonac wasn't done. They got six straight hits. Bomarito singled. uh, J.C. Reams singled. Stevenson doubled in a run. Vossler doubled in a run. Thaler singled in a run. And then uh, Morgan Reams got a single before they finally got the final out of the inning. And it went from being a 4-4 game going into the bottom of the sixth to a 9-4 game going into the top of the seventh. Uh, and then Bomarito got a strikeout, pop-out, strikeout. And she had 16 strikeouts in game one, 17 strikeouts in game two. 33 strikeouts in 14 innings yesterday. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 
I mean, I, I know softball is a different motion and a different delivery, but don't at some point you run out of gas a on little a bit? cold day too. Like you usually on the cold day, you can't feel the grip as well, yeah. so you don't have the movement you normally do. And she was throwing smoke. She had a really good change up. Uh, I don't think she used it a ton, but when she used it, like she was fooling people. Uh, Shoe Boy was the same way. Piper Clark threw it hard too yesterday. I guess you have to throw it hard to stay warm, apparently. But that's a big sweep for Algonac. That's step number one because now Richmond's going to be Almont and North Branch fans hoping that they can knock off Algonac. And, and it's and it's tough because again, when I look at those series and I look at these teams, Richmond's a good team. But I, I, I'm thinking you, you're playing for splits in those series because those are good teams. It's going to be hard to sweep those other teams, and, and now you kind of have to. Yes, and not trip up against one of the other decent but not great teams in the BWAC. Yeah, the, the I hate to call them the lower four because they're actually not bad teams. They're but not you can't, top four. You, you can't lose those eight games. Right, you cannot. And, yeah, Richmond's put themselves in a hole early. Uh, the rest of the BWAC, we'll get to see what they do today, but Algonac putting themselves in a good spot, a really good spot early. Yeah, th- those those are two quality wins, and those were actually two really tight ball games that Algonac came up with two runs in the seventh to win game one, and then it was a 4-4 game going into the bottom of the sixth, and Algonac uh, got it going. Marine City had the cha-cha line going two yesterday. They beat uh, Lance Cruz 14-4. to Jocelyn uh, Dietland pitched well enough, six innings, scattered eight hits, three earned runs, did walk five but struck out nine and, of course, helped her own cause at the plate with three hits, a double, and a stolen base. Jade Blanchard had two hits, knocked in a run, stole the base. Maya Simons uh, had three hits, including a home run. She knocked in two. Alicia Chartier had two hits, a double, and a home run. She had three RBIs, and Kalia Gemetti with three hits. She had a double and an RBI, so the uh, Mariners get a much-needed win because, you know, I think they were 1-4 and four going into this game or 1-5, and five, but they've been playing a ridiculously tough schedule. Yeah. They lost to what? Marysville twice. Marysville twice. Claire and Claire And Algonac. So, I mean, come on. Um, so, to, see, to them, see them kind of open up a, a can of, uh, of, of whoop uh, 2-0 and nice. in league play. Yes. They start off 2-0 and in the league, and they were the only ones in the league that played yesterday. So, outside of Richmond, there are only two other spots in the area playing games. Because it was cold. It was. And I think we'll talk about that in the third segment. Yeah, so we'll be right back. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust-proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. So I had the heat blasting in the car the whole trip home. And, And Brady's always complaining about the heat in my car, and it does, like when it warms up. It gets super hot in my car. Yes, your car is very nice in the winter when it's 10 degrees outside, and by the time we get in it, we make two turns, and it's already very warm. Yeah, and, and it, I had it blasting yesterday, and I couldn't get warm on the drive home. Yeah, it was it was really cold. I guess if you weren't outside yesterday or didn't check, it was it, the temperature said it was in the low 40s. With the wind, it was probably in the high 20s. Yeah. It was bad. And I don't think we've had this discussion yet this year, but like we said, only really three places played, PH Baseball, Marine City Softball, and Richmond played both baseball and softball. Ah, I'm, I'm glad the games happened. I'm happy for what I saw, but, man, there – there might need to be like a coldness clause because that was just brutal. But I understand why you'd want to get it in. You have really, we'll call it nine weeks. because Some people play the last week of March until the end of May. If you give up three, four days, 
That's a fairly decent chunk of your season. Now, I think this week had extenuating circumstances with Thursday supposed to be gorgeous, and if you just pushed it to then, you could have made it work. I also understand that the BWAC bylaws, at least in baseball, say you have to take it a day at a time, so you can't just move it to Thursday. But yesterday is a game, is just a day where I don't want to play those super meaningful games. Because baseball, unlike football, where you're playing your toughest games in the cold, your, your playoff games are being played in 30-degree rainy days after Halloween. In baseball, the biggest games are being played when it's 80 and sunny. At worst, it, it might be 60 and a little windy in early June. Yeah, you, you, you seldom get a really cold day in June. Yeah, like I mean, usually the happen, districts were sad. applying sunscreen 30 times over so we don't come back. Oh, I melt. Yeah, with like like we're just radioactive. But I look like a lobster in June. And it's funny because college baseball at least at at the JUCO level at SC4, they have a cutoff line. If the real field temperature is below at 35 or something like that, it's auto postponed. Auto, you're not playing because it's just too cold for baseball. Again, I get for high school, you only get so many days. And, and in a BWAC series, you don't want to throw off the pitching rhythm. So if you throw a guy Thursday, then he might be ineligible for Monday, and it throws off the whole thing. But I'd have rather that game been played on either – heck, even the doubleheader today, which it would have had to have been had it got postponed yesterday. At least it's supposed to be in the mid-50s today, which is – reasonable you can enjoy a game and it be mid 50s just wear some some pants and a hoodie yeah and you should be comfortable yeah so uh, and i i don't think that this year has been any more bro actually i think, I this think it's year been, has been a very nicer yes I, what we had last week was kind of an anomaly and we yes, kind of got spoiled I, I think we are having a really nice spring and i do get it in the years where through the third week of April, you've had two nice days, and you just have to get games in any way you can. That I get. But we're supposed to have pretty good weather after this two-day stretch. Like, I think next Monday and Tuesday might be a little crappy, and I think Friday it's supposed to rain, but it's actually supposed to be a pretty decent April by Michigan standards and by spring sports standards. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I get with the league games that you want to try to get them in, but softball... You have seven dates for league play. You play double headers anyway. You can move softball pretty easily, and you don't have to worry about taxing pitching arms and pitch counts and all that stuff. Baseball, Apparently not after get, what I saw yesterday. Right. Like, move it a day. Look, you can make that work. You play like 40 games <laughs> or whatever anyway. So I don't know. I just don't think ball is supposed to be played in this cold of weather. Like, it just – I don't want to say it felt like you got an inauthentic response because I thought, at least in the baseball game, both teams had a lot of energy and were playing pretty well given the circumstances. But, man, just – it feels like it should have been in a warm day. Well, you know, and, and I, I will say that. By, by watching the players, you wouldn't have known it was cold. No, because they knew it was a big series. Yeah, but on both they were fields. they were into it. Like I even commented, I'm like, Kenneth Bomarino's up there with no batting gloves on. I'm like, what are you crazy? Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, isn't it cold? Like I didn't see pitchers blowing on their hands or, or doing any of that. So if you're just watching the kids, that's not where you notice that it's cold. 
it's looking around. Right. Everybody else is huddled up. When I actually stop to think about it, I'm like, man, I'm cold. Right. I am a popsicle right now. Um, in between games, I noticed that when I was going to get the lineups for the next right. game, it's like, you know, I actually want to go back to my chair and bundle up again. Right. But um, so, yeah, I. It's it's so damn cold. But like you said, unless you want to still be playing ball in July, which you can't because you have to. You, you've got to start it when they start it, and this is Michigan. I get it, but I just. I'm amazed we get in as many games as we actually do. Right, right. Again, and I think if these were non-league games, I don't think anyone would have played. Um, I think because it was in league play, they want to try to get it in as soon as possible. But, man, it's just there's a reason why baseball and softball are summer sports. <laughs> there's a reason why they go to spring training down in Florida. There's a reason why most MLB teams in the north have domes because – not supposed to be played. Baseball is not a game meant to be played in 35-degree weather. I'm I'm kind of an old-school guy. I get toughness. I get being hard-nosed. Playing baseball in 30-degree weather does not make you tough. It does not make you a gritty team. It just makes you a cold team. Can't have a dome up here because then uh, guys like Evans and Rice <laughs> would be scheduling 18 games in a week. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You've always joked that you're just going to build a Superdome complex. Yeah, uh, but but then, like, you know, you'd have Richmond and Mooney playing triple headers every day of the week. Right. <laughs> hey, we can get one in before school starts. 5 a.m. first pitch. <laughs> so Anyway, hopefully the rest of this week uh, cooperates. Dennis, you have the conclusion of the richmond Algonac baseball series. I'm off. Uh, finishing off my hockey stuff down in Frazier. They're in the playoffs, so I should be done with that rather soon. But you are going to get to see another good game and a very interesting game. Yeah, I'm very interested to see Richmond's response uh, today um, at uh, Algonac. Uh, it won't be Kasner, but it'll be somebody who's tough. Right. Um, because uh, I haven't seen anybody who doesn't throw well for Algonac yet. And um, so. tomorrow I will have a doubleheader. Uh, Marysville will host Northern for their two. They're making they're playing game one at Northern today and games two and three at Marysville tomorrow. I should be there for both of those. I got and a doubleheader. You, it's non-league. Northern and Armada are going to yes, play. Yes, you're going out to Armada, and it's the first time we get to see the Husky softball team. Yeah, haven't seen them uh, yet, and uh, Armada the first time I saw them had to face Kenna Bomarito. Right. So I, I, that's not a fair sample size. No, and. Again, spring sports more than anything, the this, this schedule's up in flux. Yeah. We have it on our website. That's what we plan to do, but with makeups and stuff and moving things around, kind of have to fly by the seat of our pants. Because, again, there are sometimes we make the call at, like, one thirty that day. Well, it just depends. You might hear, well, this game's not going to happen. Right. So what else is on the schedule? Okay, we can go here. Right. So Or... Yeah, but, but yeah, I've actually got two games to to add there because we've got the Marysville St. Clair softball that I'm yeah. going to throw in there, and it's a doubleheader for baseball uh, tomorrow. Yes. So, so anyway, uh, that's it. Hopefully, we have more to talk about. I'm assuming we're just going to 
uh, Friday show is going to be like us just reading box scores because <laughs> all the makeups from the first two days are going to be played, and we'll probably have 50 games to talk about come Friday. Yeah, and like we say, uh, Richmond and Algonac got the BWAC started, but everybody else in the BWAC still has their doubleheaders to play. Right. And, so. and well, now in both baseball and softball. Yeah, so we'll have some more fun. And, again, uh, look for me around 4.30 today for the conclusion of that Richmond Algonac baseball series. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.